Hey, Hound Dogs. I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. And I'm Trevor Hankins. And uh, welcome to On the Air with Power Squared. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about Lightbox Expo 2021. That's right. Uh, which we all attended virtually. Uh, you can see by the t-shirts. And I'm sort of live from the uh, conventions <laughs> at home. Um, so um, what is for people that don't know, what is Lightbox? Uh, Lightbox is a convention uh, geared towards people uh, in the animation, either in the animation industry or getting into the animation industry. Right. Or interested. Although in you, although you may also see people from the video game and comic book industries. Right. right. Like uh, I know Riot Games and Maxis are there. Okay. And yeah. uh, Mike Mike Magnola. Right. <laughs> it was founded in. 2019 in Pasadena and in 2020 and 2021 it's been virtual yes so you but you guys yes. attended the first one yeah we went yes. to the first one in person and what made you decide to go uh well there was a whole uh thing with uh CTN for, and uh what's CTN for? CTNX is a uh, another animation for creative purpose. creative talent network expo okay. yeah Just uh, there was a, without digging too deep into it, there was kind of a controversy around that. Uh, so uh, Steven Silver uh, recommended, uh, one of the conventions he recommended as an alternative was Lightbox. And Steven Silver's on the advisory board of Lightbox, by the way. Yeah. So it makes sense he would recommend that. And he's one of the panelists. And he's also uh, a sort of mentor for Trevor, right? Yeah, he, he uh, told me about that while I was uh, taking his uh, in-person classes. So, that's how we got to it. Yeah. Um, and so, what do you think separates it from CTNX? Uh, well, first for starters, the tech for starters, the tickets aren't overpriced. <laughs> yeah, virtually yeah. they're only two. It was two dollars for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat the price. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the pricing scheme is more uh, reasonable, mm -hmm. uh, and it actually made sense. Makes sense that with uh, you can from an online version, you can pay more for the ticket, but you're also getting more stuff with that ticket. Right. Uh, it's not. It's not like CTN where it bars you. You're barred from accessing certain parts of the convention unless you pay more money. Yeah. Uh, and then also Lightbox, uh, you actually get more of an opportunity to uh, get face-to-face -face with uh, art different artists. Right, well, I guess virtually now? I mean, well, virtually you can't really do that unless there's like a back and forth in a have you, have panel you, or something. You, okay, because... But in the, at, the, at the physical light box, uh, we were able, like, Trevor was able to go around and get some advice on his art. Okay, so I attended today. I took off work so I could attend. And I actually went to four panels. Yeah. Quite a lot. Um, did you guys do anything on the previous nights at all? Uh, no, we no. did not because there wasn't really anything of interest, right? No. And you're planning to attend tomorrow and Sunday, or yeah, okay. So we're just gonna talk about what we went through today. Yeah. Um, uh, what we did uh, on the previous days, we explored the virtual 
Artist Alley. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's like links to people, links to the like websites of the participants and other stuff. Okay. Like websites, portfolios, shops, about me, how to contact me. How great so. I am. Yeah. <laughs> how many Ringo Awards <laughs> I've won. <laughs> and Mike Mignola was there too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went there, uh, attended uh, three things about pitching because we have this idea that power score would make a good idea for a yeah animated tv series um and so you attended some of the same ones yeah uh there was nelvana yeah how how to pitch nelvana so nelvana was talking about uh pitch like uh pitching to them but also uh the process that they go through and talking about how their their business works right and uh how they actually uh have contacts with other studios right uh so that's part of the reason they've been uh powerhouse in the industry yeah they've been around for 50 years out of canada yeah and they said uh teletoon canada has been really good to them right and they're <laughs> they're you think of them as sort of you know pre-k stuff but they actually have like adult yeah uh, looking adult yeah looking into their uh looking into their uh history uh-huh. uh one of the things they helped produce was uh clone high right. which is an mtv series right so but it uh it seems like uh, they and disney are sort of looking for adult animation that's a sort of a situation comedy right which is not quite what we have but you never know there might still be interest um but it doesn't hurt to try yeah so basically um and then disney uh had um the creative director for uh disney kids and the and uh, the woman that was the creative director for disney channel and disney plus as far as animation goes and um i believe i I say creative director i don't i didn't catch what their title was right um one of the problems with lightbox was a lot of times the presentations were hard to get to because it's kept going down early on yeah we kept Uh, getting like a 500 internal service error or 504 cloud flare error no, I got a 525 you know. yeah so i don't know what that means refresh hopefully it'll go through and you were able to get through yeah so i so i uh i uh shared some links so, yeah. uh, so i missed who they were and then going back on some of the even though the zoom call that was a zoom call they did yeah and they did sort of a part live part uh record it was pre-recorded about what they do and then they took live questions yeah i wasn't really sure why they did it that way but that's how they did it and uh they seem to be more kind of in line with nelvana as far as what they're kind of looking for in a pitch yeah they want something that's kind of short you know three to five pages uh uh, they want characters are really important. Relationships are really important uh, to the story. They want to kind of have a, a log line, which I think we have. Yeah. But a lot of they were saying a lot of people pitch and they don't really have. Well, I don't really know what it's about, or they don't have that log line, the elevator pitch that you're kind of told to have. Yeah. Um, they don't seem to have it. A lot of the pitches they get. Um, and I won't go into all the minutia of what they went through but i mean basically with disney you've got sort of a disney brand that you have to fit into more right uh everybody wants to, i mean well, i guess because it's disney yeah <laughs> and they have certain things they look for 
in their shows and they're they emphasize more than Nelvana did that they're looking for diversity in the in the stories uh, and talked about um, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean race or sex it can also be your neurodiversity um, they also talked about um, there was some show with Gonzo as Muppet Babies there was an episode of Gonzo where Gonzo shows up dressed as Cinderella Right. And all his friends, of course, accept him right away because you know kids are always that accepting. <laughs> and uh, but it's okay, and and that's the Gonzarella episode, and they were right. very ha pleased with that. Um, so they're looking for a kind of a they're not looking for everything just to be the you know the same as it always been. Uh, the story ideas are really important. There's certain ones that they say resonate uh, about family, uh, fish out of water. Um, and they even said, with great powers comes great responsibility <laughs> with one of the storylines, which was kind of, we made fun of that in our own uh, couple of issues. Yeah. Um, but it kind of made me think that well, we're kind of not too far off from that because it is, f you know, family is important to the story, fish out of water, their new school, yeah, and, you know, superpowers and all that. But I always try to, how does and this? And we even got magic. Yeah. yeah, they want Disney. They kind of want magic. Magic is important, especially for kids. They yeah. want them to be people they can look up to. Uh, you know, the characters are, you know, doctors. And they talked about this one character who is a, a girl that she puts a child, and I mean, you know, right. by, but a child. And when she puts on this outfit, that she can suddenly fix toys. Like she's a toy doctor. Doc McStuffins? Probably it sounds like it. Yeah. I don't know if they said the name, but that kind of. Yeah. Uh, they're looking for those kind of aspirational characters for kids. Right. Um, now that's for small children, the preschool stuff. Then they have that's Fox. Uh, excuse me, Fox Kids, Disney Kids, <laughs> which is probably not Fox Kids. And um, Disney, uh, Disney Plus are different. They're a little older. Uh, they want people that don't have kids to watch their stuff. They want right. People with kids and people without kids to watch. And uh, their their shows are longer, like thirty minute shows, as opposed to eleven minute. Yeah. And uh, well, some differences there, but they still have sort of a Disney, you know, feel good brand. I think they want you to come away with. They want you. They want the humor to be. They mentioned, you know, if you want a fart joke, it better be the most sophisticated <laughs> fart joke you've ever written because they don't want those really. They want it more. They don't want like lowbrow. Yeah. Humor. One of the things that used to bug me about some of the shows you'd watch as kids is they. There was some show about, I want to say robots or something, or I forgot the name. I, right. And at the end of the, it was a pretty good episode. It seemed like a pretty good show. At the end, they all sit around and try to fart or belch or something. I was like, oh, okay. You know. Lowest common denominator. <laughs> so they're trying to rise above that. Good. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they basically said, if you're interested, you've got like 10 to 15 minutes to make your pitch out of it. You'll have a 30 minute meeting and it's about 10 to 15 minutes is your time to, to pitch. Uh, and they're looking for a short pitch packet early on, like three to five pages, because they have to look, as Disney said, they have 70 shows in development at, at yeah. now, and they're not all, all going to make it to air, and they were telling you that the development uh, time is th is two to five years. Two to three is the average, but it can be up to five years yeah. just to get to the green light for pilot. And once you have the green light for pilot, once you make a pilot, then you get to you have to then talk to executives about making it a show, 
and then that's where things can also go off. So there's no guarantees ever that you're actually yeah. going to hit the air, which is true. And they were trying to say you've got to get used to disappointment. Um, and don't, you know, if you get, if they tell you no, take it grace, you know, graciously, don't fight about it or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's not right for them. So it seemed kind of a little in line with what Nelvana was saying because they, the guy that was talk, one of the panelists that was talking is the guy that looks at all the pitches that they get. Right. Uh, and they all, they always have like a lot of shows in, in development. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they said, uh, one thing they said about pitching to them that was interesting was like if you they actually have like uh visual development and story people uh -huh. so if you're an artist but you have if you're just an artist not necessarily a writer but you have this idea that uh gets them interested right then they have writing people who can they have writers who can help with that or if you're a writer but and, you know, if you're not an artist but you again you have this idea that they want to pursue further then they have artists who can yeah. do that Disney was pretty much the, a similar approach uh, they talked about in those two to five years you're putting together your production bible you're putting together with their help yeah they want you to sort of drive your process they want you to be kind of have had some sort of leadership you know, be able, which I think kind of putting together a comic book, you've worked with other people, we've collaborated. There's a lot of things I think that would be useful in transferable. Yes, yeah, transferable. Thank you. Big words. Um, transferable to animation. Uh, but they want you as the creator to drive it through the process. They'll help you. They're there with you, but, and they will add people to your team as you need them. But the idea is that you're kind of taking the lead and you're the one that's involved in everything which is kind of what a showrunner should be doing anyway. Yeah. But, so, it was kind of a very similar process. Uh, Bento Box Entertainment was, um, everybody would like you to be rep have representation before you talk to them. Uh, but Disney and Novana were both like, well, you, if they just don't want unsolicited uh, I, uh, pitches. Yeah, they don't want you to be like, they don't, yeah, Disney and Novana don't want you to be like, hey, here's a pitch. Yeah, because they won't read it. I guess yeah, yeah they, they want you to at least like ask them first right and so but they seem willing to talk to you if you don't have representation uh bento box was you have to have representation yeah so it's a kind of a different approach it seems like it's another couple of hurdles to get over to be able to talk to them and um their the, the pitch packet they showed was like i want to say 10 to 15 pages long yeah. as opposed to three to five and it was, I guess, their creative director's own pitch. And he had photographs of celebrities, like look like the characters, yeah. and uh, uh, photographs of him growing up or things from his past. And, yeah. uh, you know, there was a picture of the cast of Beverly Hills 90210, I think, in there. I wasn't really sure what all that had to do with it, but uh, it was laying down his background. Yeah, I think my main takeaway from the Bento Box thing was uh, to... Uh, like open up with why this idea resonates with you. Yeah, and I think everybody wants you to connect with you. And I, I think I got that from Disney as well. They wanted to know why are you the one telling the story or what? Yeah, yeah, and that's. I think it's important that you need to have be somehow in, invested in it, which makes you think that how many ideas can you come up with that you're really invested in or have a background in or whatever. But yeah, um, it is sort of a. Um, 
they do want you to have sort of a I'm, why are you telling the story yeah that's part of it um now i know that we've uh critiqued uh panel presentations before on mm -hmm. here uh so i think it's fair to say if it's fair to say mm -hmm. that uh the bento box panel was uh pretty low energy yeah and it was yes. very much it seemed very much off the cuff and like unprepared yeah and like they just put a camera in the guy's office and hey could you talk about this yeah and you think about it, it was pre-recorded so they could have done a, a smoother presentation i would yeah. think like i said they could I, have like they could have like taken out some of the dead air yeah because yeah. <laughs> it was funny i don't know if you saw it, it was captioned yeah, and when he wasn't talking, he would say music. Like that was going, <laughs> there was no music going on, but uh, yeah, and there was, it seemed very, uh, very rough. Yeah, as opposed to uh, Nelvana. Yeah, it was more engaging. Yeah, and then Disney was the the presentation part of it was pre-recorded, and then they did live question and answer off the chat. Yeah, and so that was kind of an interesting mix. Yeah, well, that was also. The present presenters are also more engaging, right? Yes, yes, they were. Uh, so I think that's uh, so we're done with Bento Box. Will never <laughs> talk to us, but anyway, I think that's on. a fair <laughs> criticism. Yeah, uh, now at the same time, you were looking at the uh, Disney uh, pitching, uh, Trevor and I looked at uh, getting into the Nickelodeon through their talent pipeline, mm -hmm. and uh, it's uh, actually interesting the way they talked about it like for writer and artist program uh we kind of knew a lot of the information but it was still good to hear it again mm -hmm. and uh they talked about being becoming a nick turn or the yeah. Nickelodeon internship which they stressed was different from the viacom cbs internship uh but with that uh it's actually interesting just how open they were to people with different backgrounds like you could have a non-traditional background like maybe your past has nothing to do with animation but you're very interested in learning more about it or you're passionate about it uh or uh they i guess they generally don't uh they're i they're also very inclusive uh they have very great a space that's uh where you can be free to actually be yourself right and uh they they did talk about diversity which was the way they talked about it was a good thing that they touched on it mm -hmm. uh because like nicola the way they talked about it, nickelodeon actually puts diversity into action right uh especially with like including through hiring now one thing that the the one one of the people from bento box was the head of talent yeah. HR. Anyway, uh, that's how I interpreted it. And uh, she was saying that this is this is the time to get into animation if you're going to do it because there's a lot of animation going on. Everybody's looking for new ideas. Um, you know. Yeah. And they, there seems to be a lot of stuff. This is a, I mean, a great time to get into the creative side of entertainment in a lot of ways because there's you know how many channels are there? How many yeah. outlets are there? You know, all looking for content. So. It's it's a good time. Uh, let's see, there was another panel that was protecting your art, but I don't think we watched that yet. Fortunately, it's a no. rewatch forever kind oh. of thing. Yeah, some of them were live uh, only. Go ahead. Right. 
some of them were live only some of them were you could watch it until the end of the show uh, the expo and then some were live forever yeah or uh, up forever not live <laughs> <laughs> 30 years later the guy's still there what is Please this leave so me <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can watch them and then one of them was the disney one said you could watch it again but we tried the zoom thing it was over you couldn't watch it so. yeah uh, we did see how to grow Liars. an online, but liars. <laughs> uh, we did see how to grow an online following. Yeah, now I thought that would be more how to grow one. His was more how to use one. Right. I thought, but it was still an interesting approach. Yes, and basically his idea was instead of having sort of social media tell you kind of, I guess, move up your, you know, you have your book as the top and yeah. your website. He said always have a web. You should have a website which I guess we do for Power Squared and Trevor yeah. has for his own art. And then you should have a newsletter, which we have. Yeah. Uh, and um, what you want to do is have social media drive people to your website, sign up for your newsletter, and then hopefully buy your book. Yeah. Uh, the takeaway I got from that was you should, you should focus less on the social media numbers mm -hmm. because those can trap you and, like... He, he was showing that one of his posts would get, like, 76,000... Right. hits which is like wow that'd be great but then he goes then like only 700 people or something would looked at his profile and only like 36 people looked at his website or some lower number they just yeah. kept going down so yeah you think you're doing great people that was available to half a million people or 600,000 people yeah 73,000 looked at saw it you know and then a smaller number actually did something and maybe sold a book or he goes if someone Ten people say they like a T-shirt. One of them will buy it. Kind of a deal. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's a yeah. They basically focus less on the social media numbers and focus more on the content. Right. Because then the because if you focus on, I think part of that is like if you focus on the content, then it's you're going, your experience will be more enjoyable. Right. Instead of focusing on the numbers because it can, you can get way too focused on. The numbers and you're gonna get like yeah. depressed <laughs> yeah right. if we were doing right. that i'd be really depressed i heard him say like the truer fans are the ones who actually invest in your content <laughs> yeah. yeah uh people that uh, he talked about someone gives you their email address he goes those don't change usually well, i guess they can or you can add them but you, people seem to have the same email address for a long time so that's a, that's a way that you know that they're you know uh, yeah, kind of at least let you in a little bit. But he was saying that the, the more expensive it is to produce, those the, those are better. Something about the fans. That okay, he was saying the the harder the content for social media is to produce, there you go. Then the uh, I guess the more uh, that's where the more invested fans are, mm -hmm. and the one at the top was like YouTube because it's harder to make a video. Right. Or the hardest to make a YouTube video. <laughs> Wait. <clears throat> no, uh, but yeah. That but big productions and stuff. I will say I think personally we still need to figure out how to juice the algorithm a little bit without like straying away from who we are, but we need Yeah. And then he was also do more with the channel. He was but. also talking about having things that are timed yeah like our, our youtube release is always timed for a certain time of wednesday to come out yeah uh but we're not 
the which I wish we could figure out how or I could figure out how to do the Twitter and the Instagram and all those to be timed because then it's it would just happen. I have to like make it happen at Yeah. Which is not always convenient for me and stuff, so uh, but yeah, and then he goes to people. There's so much stuff coming at them. They're not going to go. Hey, this always comes out at two o'clock. Yeah, I'll just be you know looking for your stuff. And uh, I was also talking about figuring out how to like make content that you can repurpose mm-hmm. across your different platforms. Yeah, I don't. Except for growing growing the audience, we weren't that far off. <laughs> he was talking about doing. I so. think the uh, takeaway from that. Well, engagement that we should adopt, try to adopt going forward is like asking the audience a question. Yes. About related to what you have, because then that increases uh, engagement and viewership. And so he was also saying that if you're passionate about something, you should incorporate that into your. Yeah. Like we'd be talking. Yeah, like if there's a passion that you have, you can make that part of your brand. Right. Like uh, I remember years ago reading about that kind of thing where uh the specific example given was i forget who the guy's name was but it was like uh one of his passions was donuts right so he kept talking about donuts to the point where everyone recognized him as the donut guy right so donuts were a part of his brand and that's how he grew more of a following because everyone hey i know the donut guy right um (laughs) thank you uh flashed um okay that that's yeah that doesn't mean you should talk about donuts (laughs) you should talk about the thing that's you should talk about the thing that you're passionate about yeah i i'm trying to have it we'd have to do a whole show about like you're into heavy metal (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) we do whole shows about different topics get to know your creator creators yeah that might be a good idea (laughs) like on i guess on social media you just occasionally say something about you occasionally talk about the other thing you're passionate about. Right. Like, I guess in my case, it would be video games. <laughs> right. Yeah. We should maybe do a shows where we talk, like, talk a little bit more in depth about who we are. Yeah. What 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 influences us? What do we like? What do we collect? I mean, we talked a little about collecting. But, yeah. You know, we could talk a little bit, go a little more in depth. Wow, that's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> write that down as a show idea for later. <laughs> uh... Okay, so we uh, talked about the mental box panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one that was about uh, mental health for the artists. We uh, kind of saw something like that from the same uh, person and the same artist uh, last year. Okay. Fortunately, that's listed as a rewatch forever. Uh, it's a Twitch thing. Okay. Uh, let's see. Then there was how to get into the animation industry, which uh, Trevor and I tried to watch, but it was. Uh, it was through the animation guild and you had to like sign up for it It was basically just put in your basic put in like your name and email address to get the zoom link to that and uh that was bento box Uh again uh we kind of bailed on that because well besides being low energy again it was uh stuff we weren't we weren't really learning anything new right yeah um I think it's interesting one of the things about uh lightbox that seems to be different from like comic-con is all these presentations are on different you know channels i mean so to speak zoom you have to go you have to sign in through the, the animation guild you have to do something you know somewhere on zoom somewhere on uh youtube somewhere on you know the, just, yeah. just different platforms i guess is what i'm trying to say 
instead of everything was on YouTube basically for uh, Comic-Con. You have to really kind of work harder <laughs> to get yeah. to these panels. And the last thing that we had scheduled for today was a Amphibia Q&A. Mm-hmm. It was originally going to be a premiere, but it got switched to a Q&A because, you know, it's public so people can leak that. Right. Uh, it was scheduled for the same time that we are recording this right now. So at the moment of this recording, I am using OBS on my computer to <laughs> capture it. Yeah, we have to make decisions. <laughs> um so now there's stuff you're going to see you're going to go to tomorrow yeah uh, i don't remember okay. it off the top of my head okay but uh yeah there there's some... more there will be more things you're interested in that are watched forever okay. yeah well that's that's good because it does free up your day a little bit yeah i uh so i'll ask the question would you go back to lightbox uh yeah, i think i would trevor yeah yeah it's uh it's informative you get to meet people uh we it was cool to be able to actually see the panels on the virtual one because in the real life one the uh queue for the rooms filled up really fast yes Uh, that that discouraged us (laughs) yeah especially for someone like steven silver wow it was a you know big name uh, you might know him from Danny Phantom and Kim Possible. <laughs> uh, and other shows, yeah. of course. But, uh, so with the virtual light box, we were able to actually see a lot of see panels. Uh, that would be cool to actually go in person again to, like, maybe if we don't, even if we don't get to see panels, we get to, like, see artists that we probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. I assume they have a floor. Yeah, they... Because uh, uh, the building in Pasadena, uh, there was a separate building like a few feet away mm-hmm. uh, where they held the panels. Okay, so but, it was multi-story. Okay, so but yeah. it is it is something you'd want to do again, which is fine. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And plus, for the virtual one, you only needed to pay like two dollars. Yeah, it was well worth. <laughs> I mean, I I was telling telling Nancy my my wife and your mother <laughs> that I got my two dollars worth out of it for sure um so yeah it was it was it was some useful information sort of again we're trying to figure out how to put together a pitch packet so it was kind of good to hear that it doesn't have to be a full-blown 30 page you know yeah and they don't want you to have the production bible already written or whatever <laughs> that's something you develop with them to a certain degree yeah um so that was kind of good to hear I yeah think. We, we're still a long way from pitching, but at least we kind of, we're honing it down, I think, a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. I'm Trevor Hankins. And you've been on the air with Power Squared. Uh-huh.